It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Everybody, come on in. Big revelation we found out today that two-time defending national championship Georgia Bulldogs are better than Florida State's second and third stringers. I know. Absolutely amazing revelation. Uh, Joke of a game. Farce of a bowl season. This was like the crown jewel of like the dumbest decision ever made in the history of the sport. Welcome to the dumbest game in the history of the sport where... I don't know. They beat a pre- Georgia beat a practice squad, and that was Florida State. But it is what it is. I'm here. This is Knowles 24-7 instant reaction. Kind of a really crappy way to end a magical, awesome season. But it was a, it was a farce, dude. Mm-hmm. It was a Fugazi game from a Fugazi decision by a Fugazi bunch of people. It was all fake. It was all stupid. It was all fairy dust. There are some real, I think, positive takes to get out of this game, this glorified exhibition, this glorified spring game, where you did get to test yourself against a roster built on five-star talent assembled over most of the past decade, and that's who your young guys got to compete against. And I thought some of them, there was a lot of bright spots. So, Kevin, what did you think of this um, joke of a contest that I'm at least glad Florida State's getting paid a lot of money for, and ESPN hopefully got really, really bad second-half ratings? Yeah, I would say that I think the wide receivers played well uh, for the mm-hmm. most part. I, I thought, you know, you had that deep ball to Tron. I thought that Destin Hill was getting open. Uh, Darion Williamson was a good job, did a good job of getting out in space. Because I Holmes ran pretty well for the most part on the night. Um, and then you, you had a couple of young guys in the secondary. I thought Quindarius Jones was someone that um, UGA decided to pick on. And they did get some completions over him, but you kind of see where he's at there was tight coverage on both those completions and um yeah I, I think there are some young pieces that were able to kind of or or some you know people who just haven't have been kind of looked over that had okay had okay games um brock glenn is someone that i think we deserve to give some credit we were we were deservingly harsh on him in louisville in the louisville game it seemed clear that in the louisville game they were kind of just asking him to not lose that game they had a little bit less to lose here, so he was able to kind of get out of his shell, throw the ball downfield like you could see that he was very comfortable doing. That's more his game. And he, there were times when you're thinking, well, maybe he doesn't have the deep accuracy, but then he makes a couple of throws, and um, you're able to move the ball on a really good really good offense, or a really good defense uh, with kind of your second and third wide receivers. And you got to give him some credit there for for kind of being – 
more than what he was given credit for after the Louisville game. He was hurt Louisville too. I would honestly say that he was not done a great service by some of the receivers tonight. I thought that he played better than his stats. There's stuff that needs to be cleaned up and <laughs> against like one of the best, definitely the most talented defense in the country. Tough, tough to like learn against, but there was, there was some positives, man. What about you, Adam? I mean, are you feeling positive? I mean, it's it's hard to feel positive about this, but to me, mm-hmm. this was such a, this game was an aberration that was generated by a confluence of like circumstances that were so stupid, so one off that they'll never happen again. That I myself, as a fan, have completely like erased it from my mind and only looking at the positive. Like it was so absurd that I think it's easy to kind of shake off. What about you? Do you think there's long? like long lasting ramifications. Do you feel good about some of the pieces that Florida state has to work with next year? And I think this game makes it more obvious. Like it's portal season, baby, you know where you need to go get your guys. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I I went into this knowing that this was what the outcome was going to be. Like I try to be positive in the score prediction thing. And I hope I get that. Yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately, it was just a, a show of trying to be positive towards these guys and what they accomplished this year. Um, uh, so I expected this would be the outcome. I I, I don't know. I, I feel angry right now, and I'll come off of that. But I'm not angry. I'm not angry towards the program. I'm not angry towards Mike or any of the coaches or any of the players or any of the guys that opted out. I'm a little frustrated some of the guys that have been out here begging for money, like, week in and week out, like, trying to – they need more money from from the battles end and go out and give dog shit effort. Like show them yeah, the tape. Those guys piss me off a little bit. Like if okay. I'm going to be completely yeah. honest, the, those guys piss me off. Like if you're going to stick your hand out all the time, like sack sack up a little bit and let's play a little harder. Um, but yeah, that that McConkey touchdown was a lack of effort. Yeah, the, the, this was a meaningless game, and those guys have every right to feel how they want to how, how they wanted to feel about it. Um, there's one guy I that hasn't been mentioned. That I that I want to talk about though, and it's Kalen Deloach. And oh, absolute great call, man. Go off, King. Like, I can be very frustrated at guys that have been begging for more money. That dude played the entire freaking game until he's pulled off the field crying um, because he laid it all out there. Uh, it meant that much to him. And like hat tip to his parents that they that they, the uh-huh. young man that they raised there, like incredible. Rob Deloach, he's extremely popular on Twitter. You can always find him on there. Like major hat tip to to, to the young man that they raised there. Uh, but it, it was incredible to see, like in a game that meant nothing to so many, that it still mattered so much to him. Um, I, I just think that that's incredible. He immediately vaults to and like to be completely honest, like three years ago when he was struggling to kind of make his mark, like we were critical of his play and what his role was going to be moving forward. And look what he yeah. became like, you have to, you have to immediately, if you're a Florida state fan, vault that young man up near the top of the list, because what he, what he did tonight, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to think it was a perfect game for him, but what he did tonight to go out there and battle and fight every snap that he got uh, in a game that was meant absolutely nothing for a career that he's going to go on and have in the NFL, like it just says a lot about who he is as a Seminole. Like we've seen Jermaine come back and be such an, such an ambassador. Like Kalen was an ambassador tonight. He deserves all the credit in the world for that. 
Absolutely. And the game, it meant nothing. It almost meant like negative nothing. It was almost like an affront to be in it. Like, like it was almost like it was less than nothing. Like it was the fact that you were even in that situation. But Kalen Deloach, like you said, this kid played. He, he, that all of the good positive things that we're going to talk about when we look back at this 2023 season, this game, it's whatever, it's done. The fact getting you to 13 and 0. Getting your first conference championship since 2014, nearly a decade. That was Kalen Deloach's hit against Clemson, dude. Mm -hmm. This guy, we took a guy who had athleticism three years ago and we were, you know, questioning his ability. Is he going to be, you know, a, a functional linebacker, knowing all the nuances of the game? All he did was become arguably the most impactful player on your defense on a defense <laughs> littered with like first round talent. Absolutely. Just the, 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 the amount in the magnitude of that kid's impact and for him to choose to go on the field in a situation that Florida state did not deserve to be placed in and play every single second with passion, with character, that kid is one that he will never have to buy a drink for himself ever in the city of Tallahassee, one of the best Seminoles of all. He's in that Jermaine Johnson tier of like guys that is like this 2023 sucked. This was the dumbest game ever. And it mars what is one of the most likable teams ever in this program's history, dude, from Keon double McChicken Coleman to Kalen Deloach to like the dirty white boy, Braden Fisk. Like there's like 800 likable, like, the crazy Australian master mono cotton Fitzsimmons, even the special teams was likable. It just sucks. They had to go out like this, but yeah, special mention to Kalen Deloach. He went out there and he showed that all of these awful, this game happened because of program culture takes that I am seeing are so infantile. They're so inane. There's a lot of them in the chat right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Program culture. That's fantastic. Georgia can point to what they did on the field losing as why they didn't get into the dance. Florida state did every single thing right on the field. Even when circumstances were their bleakest, they showed up and did everything they could. It is totally different. They were screwed because of a bureaucratic process, not because they didn't defend like an Alabama receiver better on like third and six. That's an objective thing that like a Georgia team can point to and say they could have done that better. Florida State um, had no, Florida State does not want sympathy, that. dude. No, nobody uh, wants sympathy. That. That's fine because it's a very common dumb take from common dumb random YouTube comment guy. Nobody wants sympathy. They didn't <laughs> want to be in this game. Nobody wants to be in this situation. They're stuck in it because a bunch of fat, white, old, rich dorks said, oh, I guess the game's kind of matter when I want them to. And then it's like perfect fodder for these very uh, mentally deficient random comment people to say, well, that's why they didn't get in because they lost a game with 15% of their total production. So it just sucks. It, it just it shows you the, the level of lack of quality of these comments shows you just how impossible of a situation that Florida State was placed in by a dumb network and its dumb emissaries in the committee. And a lot of people showed up tonight. I want to talk about the offense, Kevin. What did you think of like, the offensive game plan? Brock Glenn, I thought that he had a lot of flashes. Uh, I liked his decision-making. I mean, the kid, totally different from that Louisville game, which we acknowledge where he was banged up. 
he was down to air the ball out. He was down to be a little gunslingery, and I really liked it. What do you think is being a quarterback offensive guy? What what building blocks does Mike Norvell have to play with and Brock Glenn? And what are some of, I don't want to say deficiencies, but things that he needs to mature and evolve to where he may not be ready to take over the reins entirely next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you're talking about Brock Glenn, you liked that your pocket presence, pocket awareness is something he still clearly needs to work on, but it was a step up from the Louisville game. You saw him move up in the pocket a couple of times. He leaked out of the pocket one time for, for a first down. And that was big. Um, You saw, I think he was, I think, I think the game's moving a little fast for him and that's to be, to be expected against this defense. Um, But when he was able to get outside of the pocket, when he was able to extend his time and get a extra second he was able to deliver some good balls and um i think that that process will speed up for him as he gets more and more reps within the system um he's got a he's got a live arm he's got decent legs enough to kind of keep you honest um i think he's a little small in the pocket um just just physically i I think that's going to be something where he's going to have to develop extra pocket awareness you know like jordan travis also a smaller quarterback he was able to get buy with it because he had such dangerous mobility um so you'll Mm -hmm. have to see brock glenn develop some way of kind of counteracting that um but i think you saw a little bit of it a little bit of his speed um the deep balls he's able to deliver them i have questions whether or not his arm strength is good enough to be able to be consistently accurate on those deep Mm -hmm. balls Um, we saw that we saw that in this game i think Right. There's something to be said that you want that excess arm strength. So when you have to push the ball 50 yards downfield, you can do it in a controlled manner and you don't necessarily have to put your body into it. Um, and I, I yeah, the, the, but that, that also comes with reps, you know, can, can he learn to kind of anticipate and get that ball out a, a step or so sooner and be a little bit more accurate. Um, but the, there's pieces there. You see a little bit of why the staff is excited about this kid. Why, mm-hmm. You know, the Knowles 247 staff who've been at practices love the guy. Um, he's he goes out there and he steps up and he throws the ball and he forgets about mistakes. And he, you know, has sat, has some things that get you excited. I agree. Um, I want another guy that we need to mention, Kai Douglas. I thought that, man, with all of the the roster moving and all the moving pieces. I thought he was asked to do a lot tonight and I thought that he performed really admirably, but that brings me to you, Adam. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of these guys on that offensive line that are going to be playing for us next year. what do you think about their performance, the running game? I thought that they did pretty well in, in pass block. And I thought near the end of the game, that's when you started to see more of those like calamitous, like strip sacks and things like that. But for yeah, the most yeah. part, I didn't think Glenn was under a ton of like duress against <laughs> five star, five star, five star, five star. Like it was like, it was right, like, I don't right. know. It's the joint chiefs of staff, bro. It was just like five stars, like everywhere all over that defensive line. How'd you think the uh, offensive line performed in the running game trench battle? Yeah, I thought they did. All right. Um, I thought there were times where they were able to get a little bit of movement. Uh, um, it seemed like, you know, then they, then they started getting guys dinged up. You know, Darius Washington gets dinged up early. You get Jalen early in there. So you start mixing and matching, and that's going to impact so much. Um, I think overall, like, their effort was fine. Like, they played hard. They they did the things that you expect out of them. That room's just got to continue to get better. Like, you see in, in day, games like this where um, that group's good, it's just got to be it's got to be better it's got to they've got to continue to push the push the progression there the development of some of these young guys and 
getting more mass and more size in there. But I thought all in all, I mean, look, they they fought their asses off. Like you've got to give them credit too. Like they that's a group that's fought like crazy all year to just even be available. You know, they eight guys that they thought they were going to be able to count on. You know, Rob Scott played probably played the most snaps tonight that he played all year. Um, so there's just God, there's so much work to be done with that well, group. It's a, they, it's a testament, dude. Those guys are banged up. Those guys are there's yeah, there's they, clearly they really could are. have been yeah. There, there's a lot of guys you that were in that blessed, unit. Who's, probably, who's maybe your best offensive tackle? Jeremiah Byers looks. You know, I thought he looked better tonight, but we're gonna need to go back and watch it in the rewatch. Yeah. I mean, they're there's so much crap going on in that field trying to try to judge any player for you know especially along the line of scrimmage for what was going on tonight it was just it was criminal the, the only place that i that i that i watched tonight and felt like oh shit we're in trouble is the defensive end like okay see so many takes off the linebackers that. linebackers is an issue and i know we're going to get the defense but i feel like we can just jump right into it now like so we can get over with us flush this freaking game and talk about the season but um uh, defensive end just feels like it's lost right now. Like, well, no, 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 I agree. I'm not saying I don't agree. Front, there's a front seven. Six of them didn't play in this game. Yes, absolutely. You're right. You're right. This, but this, of those continuity. six, how many are how, of those six? How many are available next year, or are going to be available next year? None of them, mm. right? I mean, well, Josh Farmer. Josh Farmer. Yes, play, <laughs> if right. he's here, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, that's I, up in the air. I, I, I'm not, and I'm not saying that to be snarky. Like that. that no, that's is, fair. I, based on history, I think that that's very fair. However, yeah. I think that highlights your point. Like this, this production from them. Daryl Jackson hopefully is here next year, and I thought that yeah. he flashed. It's just tough. When it was him and Peyton, and you got worn on. And Peyton had a yeah. great strip sack at the beginning yeah. of the game, but it's one of those things. Like you said, the edge, the deficiency in edge the deficiency in the interior when like Jackson wasn't, it, it, it was just bad, dude. They got, they mm. got bullied and they didn't give a guy like Kalen. It, it was even more amazing that Kalen Deloach played. Cause you want to talk about, you want to keep your linebackers clean. My man, my man was dirtier than hustler TV, bro. Like he was just, <laughs> he was mobbed all night. It was absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think that that highlights some of the stuff that we talked about, like early signing day, signing days of, of the past. Yeah. You got you gotta nail you gotta nail defensive line portal recruiting and that's this game showed why you have a legit your best eleven on the team they showed they showed you the Louisville highlights mm-hmm. during that game that is such a different defense that that is in a different galaxy that isn't you have to travel by wormhole in a different galaxy from this defense to that Louisville defense but. If you don't address it in the portal, man, you're going to be running with a lot of those horses next year. So where did you think you talked about edge, Adam? Where do you do you think it's? Did they get exposed in the running game? Was it lack of a pass rush? What stood out to you more about the defensive lines ineffectiveness at that position? I mean, specifically speaking about edge, I mean, can I select D all the above? I mean, I just don't think you've got a great pass rusher there in, in the group that's coming back. Byron Turner flashes some speed. Doesn't flash a lot of moves. Not very bendy. Pat mm-hmm. Payton's really bendy. I'm not sure he's a great natural pass rusher, though. And I know that may be a hot take, but the thing he's best known for is batting passes down at this point. And I don't mean – I think he's got a ways to go as a pass rusher on a down-to-down basis. Um, sure. he, had a, like, he, had, he had an opportunity tonight to kind of – not to say make himself some money, but make himself some money. He went, had a, went out and had a great strip sack against tight end. And then 
I mean, when he went one-on-one with tackles, he was pretty much standing still a lot of the night. So that's that's, – He's allowed to improve. He benefited from playing opposite of Jared Verse, but that's the thing. If he doesn't hit that first under move under the shoulder – yeah, this secondary like move the power battle that like a Jared verse has. It's one of those things where could he develop into like a true number, your number one defensive end, like your Jermaine Johnson's right. and your and your Jared versus maybe. But maybe Patrick Payton is your complimentary mm-hmm. defensive end. Yeah. And you got to find your one like you already went Mar- out and got Marvin Jones Jr. You did. Uh, so you're dressing which, it in your in your uh, they got a visit scheduled with the kid from Purdue, right? Yeah, Nick Scourton. Yeah, that would be massive. He he's a number one type. He's a he's a Jared verse type defensive end uh, that could come in and and really fill that void. Um, but of the guys that we're talking about in this game, Gilbert Edmond looks like there was some there was some hope that he was going to develop. It just didn't look great tonight. It had to look great all year. Um, yeah, so step that slow. feels like that feels like an issue. That 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 spot specifically a defensive end feels like you need like three guys. What about tackle? What about on the interior? Because I thought that Georgia honestly could have ran inside zone all night and got yeah. what they wanted to. Farmer wasn't in. Farmer playing with his bro, Daryl Jackson, next year is very intriguing. If that happens, do we feel like we need some more bodies there? Like, well, what do you think? I wouldn't hesitate to go get a defensive tackle if there's an impactful one out there. I'm curious to see what KG Sampson develops into in year two uh, in the program. Um, I thought some of the interior issues were more about Shaheen Brown not coming up and tackling mm, and probably. linebackers yep. not tackling. Linebackers then, were lost. Y- yeah. Yeah. Kev, there was a lot of issues it? for them on some of that interior run game that, that was a problem. Um, Kev, so, what you oh go ahead. Sorry. Adam. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. You're I was gonna say Kevin, you mentioned linebacker safeties kind of look lost. I mean it's it was a secondary no Renardo Green, no Akeem Dent, who I mean that guy, I don't think he got a lot of the credit that he deserved because that defense looks way different without him, man. Like he's an eraser. So shout out to a dude like Akeem Dent, Renardo Green as well, guys that could consider like doing your job every single play is such a fantastic skill, and it's almost forgotten about until it's not there anymore. So shout out to those guys, man, that made Florida State have one of the best pass defenses in the entire country. What'd you see tonight, Kevin? Do they? Do they can they fill that void at linebacker minus the Kellen Deloach with like the Blake Nicholsons, the Omar Grahams, the Justin Criers, or we got to go portal in there in your opinion? Yeah. So at the beginning of the season, we talked about safeties being the the thinnest spot. We were worried about safeties, and over the past three games, Akeem Dent has been has played really great games. Some of the best games I've seen a FSU safety play in a while. Mm-hmm. And that's ma- that's mainly the reason you're able to shut down Florida and Louisville the way that you did. I mean, he came in and run support. He came up, he filled those gaps effectively, and you didn't have that this game. You didn't have, you know, you have a bunch of young guys there. You have Ashlyn Barker, you have Conrad Hussey that are, and Kevin Knowles kind of taking that spot, and th- they're just not there physically, um, or you know, they don't have the reps. Like it, it's all of the above, and I think the same problem happened with the linebackers. You know, you had. Omar Graham, who I think had a disappointing game, to be honest with you. He's he started that out so good on that screen. It was very mm-hmm. interesting. We commented. He sniffed out that screen, and then yeah. they they were sometimes in the right position. Sometimes they weren't, and sometimes they were in the right position. They didn't make the play, but I'm with you, Kev. What did you think about his game? Well, I think a lot of the younger linebackers, what was happening was they weren't trusting the defensive line to win up front. 
and you can't really blame them. The defensive line was getting whooped. So they're over pursuing and leaving these cutback lanes that were wide open and there was no one there to fill the gaps. And um, it, plus, you know, they were the offensive line was able to work up to the linebackers and kind of get hands on them and make those reads a little bit messy. So, yeah, the linebackers didn't have a good game. Omar Graham was disappointing because he's he's an older guy, a guy you expect to be there. But even someone like Kalen Deloach wasn't able to make a huge impact on the game just because of the the front seven issues. Yeah. You know, everything's kind of connected here. So it's it's hard to like throw people under the bus. But you know, there's youth here, there's inexperience, and I think there was a lot of pressing, not trusting people in front of you. As the as the chain of you know defensive line struggles, linebacker struggles puts the pressure on safeties to make open field tackle, and when they don't, it's it's a big play. And it exacerbated itself over the course of a game. It was a seven to nothing game at the end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. and it ended up. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you guys know the final score. Some point, they just wore you down. Yeah, it, it is what it is, man. So on the defensive side of the ball, Adam. Guys that you're excited about that get another year with Florida State that you saw tonight. Uh, I'm excited. I know everybody wants to fire Randy Shannon, but he's shown that he can develop linebackers. I'm excited to see what he can do with Justin Cryer and Omar yeah. Graham and Blake Nicholson in another in another offseason. Um, I'm I'm anxious to see what Blake can do with Josh Storms to get his body more physically prepared to come in there and play a lot more snaps. Um, so those are guys I'm I'm just anxious to see. I, I need to see a sense of urgency from Conrad Hussey. He's got a job in front of him that, that should be his. I need to see urgency from him to go mm-hmm. take that job. Um, he he has a chance to step into Akeem Dent's role and be even better than Akeem was. But it doesn't always feel like he's ready to reach out and grab that. So I, I'm anxious to see if he if he steps into that. I need to see somebody, somebody step into that nickel role um, whether it be greedy Vance taking another step forward or uh, I, I don't know, somebody, somebody needs to step in and take that nickel roll over like, like uh, J- uh, Jarian did this year. Um, I, greedy, greedy had a good year, but I'm with you. Like the difference in the quality of the defensive line, the pass rush, that's going to make all those yeah. secondary guys look a lot worse than they are. But I, I'm with you. It's one of those things where can can Greedy just step in and fill the Jerrion role and be the next Jerrion, or is it going right. to be a, by a committee nickel approach? I, I think. I think here's my biggest takeaway from this entire game. There's a blueprint out there for Mike to look at, and we talked about it after early signing day and whatnot. There's not a lot of grand takeaways that I think anybody needs to be taking from this game. No, there is a blueprint blueprint of a of a winning football program that was on display on the opposite sideline for him tonight. And he has got he's got to decide whether he's gonna do the things that need to be done to get to that. Um obviously 13 and 0, an incredible season, like so much to and I think we're gonna talk about that here in a couple minutes. So much to praise him for this year. You can't look across that sideline and say, Well, we're we're getting we're close to that. I don't I don't I mean that that is a machine. Let's we've got to figure out how to get to that machine level. Because I, that's the ceiling for this program for Florida State, and it feels like Mike's a tweak or two away from getting there. Well, let's make him. Let's do it. Let's get yeah. it done. If if that's the route that he wants to go, if he wants to go the recruiting juggernaut, which I think is the most tried and true route, the only other one I really know of that wins national championships 
is like the Clemson route where you don't have, you have really good talent, like, but it's smaller classes and like a different feel and you're not, I don't know, dude, I'm kind of with you. I'm trying to think of like alternate takes, but it's like, just, just recruit the best kids, whether it's in high school or it's portal. It's just talent. To me, it's hard because yeah, obviously you want to be recruiting at the highest level, but people like Mario Cristobal and Jimbo have shown that you can recruit at the highest level. Yeah. So that doesn't necessarily mean you'll win. They're doing the hard part. The hard part is taking these kids, building a good culture, developing them, growing them as players, and putting them in a position to succeed. And then it's frustrating because it feels like you're just one or one or two signatures every year from doing the other part. You know, tweak. You got the the main part. I'm so with you. Like you can name all the great. You can like it's a lot easier. I think, in my opinion, to name great recruiters Mm -hmm. in college football as coaches rather than great X's and O's tactician guys. So I think like Kevin said, and I think like you even agree, Adam, being a former coach yourself, the coaching and the development and knowing when to take a knee when it's like fourth and two or whatever. I'm saying like that, that's the stuff that when you get it, you want to hold on to that guy. But the frustration lies is that, it's so crazy. You're 13 and you're 13 and 0 and you're 0 and 1 in fake exhibition games, which is a very odd record, but that's what I'm going with this year. And there's still some meat left on the bone, which mm-hmm. I think is exciting for Florida State fans in this yeah. program. However, in the transfer portal era, you've seen it with teams like TCU, you've seen it with teams like Michigan State, Uton Baylor. You, this portal thing, because the builds are so erratic from year to year, there's not much like it's hard to like build the consistency and like you're a machine, you're a juggernaut because so much of your roster is in flux. You got to nail portal time because there is the possibility for a solid like year to year drop off if you just take things for granted, right? Which I don't, which I think is more exacerbated in this era than it was before when you knew that you had these like. 85% of your roster locked in for next year and you're adding pieces here or there. It's like, no, dude, you could consistently be replacing 30% of your kids every single year. So do it right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a new game. It's the, the uh, landscape's changing. I think people feel like, I know there's so much, like th- there's going to be so many takes out of the day, like, and there was after national <laughs> signing day. And I certainly have had my share of takes, but I think people feel like we're really far away. Like they're really from far what? away from being, from being a Georgia or whatever, I, th- I think people today will feel that way. There were 12 idiots away from be- being in a playoff system that Georgia wasn't competing in this year. They're not that I, far I, away. I agree. I agree with you. I'm just saying, I think that people will feel that way. And I, I, wrong. I, I, I think that it's wrong. I, I think you are a tweak or two of minor, very, very minor um, substance away from taking that next step. And those are things that Mike's got to evaluate this all season and figure out. I mean, can can I be honest about what I think happened in this game? I think, uh, yeah, you, dude, that's what we're here for. That's what the people want. You had to build a <laughs> roster on short notice after what was a disaster of a program that Taggart left behind. So you couldn't get the high school recruits that you wanted. So you had to build this roster out of transfers and kind of patch it together. You needed an amazing job of doing it, mm-hmm. but because you never had the base of high school recruiting. Because you just couldn't at the time, like with the resources in the state of the program, well, you never have that depth. So like after notice, most of FSU second stringers are true freshmen. These are guys mm-hmm. that like 
have not gotten many reps. Even I was just calling Omar Graham like an experienced guy. And that's because he feels experienced on the second team as a redshirt freshman. There's no depth. <laughs> that's There's a great point. He does feel like an older dude, but mm -hmm. it's, Mike hasn't got to get his guys in long yeah. enough yet. I think yep. you're right, Kevin. That's a great point. So you're thin. And when all of these guys, like you, you had done such a good job building through the transfer portal of that one and two deep. But as soon as you get to that third deep, you just don't have it. And so, yeah, it, that, that's what it was. You're just thin because of the situation that's changing. I mean, you've got a top 10 class this year. It's not as good as you need it to be, but it's getting better. And if you can keep getting that, you need to keep winning in the portal to keep that first and second string as good as it has, has been this past year. But if, if you can't do that, like that, you, you need to also be improving recruiting because that's how Georgia can have opt-outs and transfers and not blink. Spe uh, specifically, the, specifically at the lines of scrimmage. Like mm -hmm. I, you yep. just can't, you've got to stack bodies there that are going to be make differences for you. Styles make fights. I couldn't think of a worse team in the entire country to try to test the depths of your second and third <laughs> yeah. string against than the university yeah. of Georgia, especially it's like, Oh, their program culture with, you know, like fat Lloyd Christmas, Kirby smart <laughs> dude. They're mad. Cause they lost the game this year. Florida right. state doesn't care because they got, <laughs> they got Mike, Frederick Nietzsche. They got Mike nihilism into like thinking that nothing doesn't matter. Cause their actions didn't freaking matter. You know, Mike literally said in the post game presser that had they lost to Louisville, they would have had the majority of the guys playing that opted out absolutely because I mean, they how do people not understand this like how they is this intellectually dishonest it's so it's like oh well georgia you know it's different being a dog and all it's like no dude they're losers they lost the last game so they want to go out on a w our guys got screwed by the man and they got the feeling that every single person gets when their first paycheck when they see the words fica and it's like oh like the system the, like you know what i mean like Reality hit these young kids way harder that sometimes no matter what you do, it's not enough in every single situation. And people that comment on the sport for a living, which my God, if you guys want to get into it, the bar is so low. You can be slightly charismatic and really dumb. And there's a lot of people that are rich from it because it was like, well, culture wins out. You know, it's just it here for be being dumb. a dog. Bark, bark, bark. No, you're a freaking moron, bro. Like, ugh, drives me nuts. Anyway. The season, like you guys have all said in reference, magical season. What was your favorite moment from the season, Adam? Because there were a lot, dude, to the to the just the grinding of the LSU program into Tiger Dust in Disney World, beating Clemson at home when it was everything that they had, to beating your rivals again and showing them, hey, daddy's home. <laughs> what was your favorite moment right, this season? Um, I think it had to be the Louisville game, really. I mean, that was such that was such an impressive effort by the defense. Um, to have everything stacked against you with your third string quarterback, your offense really just beat to pieces with Keon not being healthy, Johnny being banged up, uh, not having Hakeem, not having Dustin, uh, um. Jaheim Bell being being in, injured with his with his uh, lower body injury, uh, playing Brock in his first start ever, and he Beat didn't even get all the first team, he didn't even get all the first team reps because Tate was they weren't sure whether Tate was going to be able to go, so Tate was getting some first team reps, but not when they were inside. I don't know, it was all weird. Um, <laughs> 
and then just the health of that offensive line, like knowing that the defense had to go out there and win a football game. It, it was just, it was a special moment. Uh, they, they felt like a special team at the, in the, at the time, like a team in destiny. They went out and did what they needed to do to finish 13 and 0 to win the ACC to, to what should have been an opportunity to make the playoff. Um, and ultimately they got absolutely jobbed, but that, that there, there's no doubt in my mind that was the most special moment for me. God, the euphoria was hitting that night. I did a, just a majestic cannonball into a residence in pool, guys. I agree. That was a fun night for me. <laughs> Kevin, what about you, my intellectual video savant? What was your favorite moment of a magical 2023 13-0, 0-1 exhibition season? Well, I, I do want to add on to ABs. So that Louisville game, I did a breakdown of it. I mean, it is better than you think. Like, oh, they on. held him to, what, 2.7 yards per play, which is nasty you can go down the list and no top 50 offenses were held to anywhere near that. Like I think the second highest was like 3.3, which was like way like that's, you know, 20, 30% higher. It was an incredible performance. Um, I I'm with AB. That was my favorite part. But I think if I expand that a little bit, I loved like we doubted this team so hard. Like on this channel, you can go back to our Instagram reactions. You can go back to our film reviews. We were saying this team isn't going to beat Florida. And that was before, like we were doubting whether or not this team was going to be able to, to do it. Like we saw them against Boston college. We're like every game. We're like, is this going to be the stinker? Are they going to lose to Duke? Are they going to lose to Miami? Are they going to lose to Florida? Oh no, Jordan Travis is hurt. Now they're really going to lose to Florida. And they consistently proved us wrong. And they proved that they were a better team than we were giving credit for. And yeah, they kind of played down to their competition, but they won every single game. And they beat Florida at Florida with a backup quarterback. They beat Louisville in the ACC championship game. And what was so frustrating and so hard about the snub was these guys, these national media members were like, I don't know. I kind of doubt that this Florida State team can do it. And we sat there and we said, we've been doubting them all year. And we just now feel like they proved to us that they're not worth doubting anymore. And that didn't matter. And it made it feel like no one was paying attention to the doubts around this team. Dog was paying attention. A dog gets it, dude. You got that dog. She ready. She probably just ran through your drywall. I, I'm with you. It was <laughs> there was always with these caveats, like, oh, the slow start here. We couldn't get the running game going here. It didn't matter. They just kept winning. That core group, that first starting group, they kept winning. And that that Louisville game, I'm with you too. That showed such a level of like pray. Pray for JJ McCarthy without Connor Stallions if they had to go against that defensive line, dude. Yeah. For me, I think my favorite moment. Oh man, LSU was good. Uh, the, the Clemson game, the Kalen Deloach hit. It was Leon Sandcastle gets. There was a hump there, and it was a hump yeah. that was not. It was not fictional. It was not imaginary. Clemson doesn't lose at home. To be on the brink of defeat and having just one of the most iconic plays in the history of Florida State football happen by one of your most, I think, beloved players that's going to be thought about of the next like 15, 20 years, and having that happen away from home to secure that four-game start that everybody, I don't think any, nobody predicted 4-0, nobody on this channel, nobody knows 24-7, and only the most ardent of fans like three and one was like a godsend and they did it. They proved you wrong and they showed you the type of resolve and program 
culture that it takes to play every single regular season game and win them despite the situation where this year Florida State was one of three power five teams that could actually say that they did that. So that Clemson game was 100% mine. And as the originator of the Wuhan Dabo nickname, made me feel good. Made it's me feel real good. Great to see that dickhead Jim Phillips can show up tonight for freaking to run his mouth on ESPN. No, he's not. No, he's not, not, dude. No, he's not. Oh, yeah. He's really disappointed in Florida State's decision to challenge the grand rights. You can go eat an entire bag of them, buddy. I hope he gets herpes from like a uh, like a gym, like a gym weight bench or something. I hope he gets like a with these freaking people. I hope he gets a non-lethal viral disease. Um, that will never go away from something that he didn't intend to happen to him. One of the worst people to ever walk this planet. Can't wait to get out of the conference. Guys, and for people that I hope their health is in pristine condition, that's all of you. My (laughs) Knowles247.com listeners, watchers, subscribers. I know this wasn't the most fun instant reaction to listen to. I mean, we gave our best effort. I don't think it was our fault. (laughs) But guys, this exhibition game meant nothing. It's Fugazi, it's a woozy, it's a wuzzy. Fairy dust. Means nothing. The 13 games that preceded it, cannon, stone. Remember how they made you feel. Because guess what? You got a coaching staff right now that's going to deliver a lot more of those feelings towards you. The 2023 season was undeniably, irrevocably, objectively a massive success for you, the Florida State fan. And for you, especially the Knowles 24-7 subscriber, you dirty dog, you got a lot of nice information. And you're going to get a lot more if you subscribe. Bask in the good, because the people that are trying to tear you down, they're jealous that it ain't as good as what we got right now. Yeah, they just got beat by Rutgers. And We're not going to baseball stadiums and losing to Tony Soprano State. We're not sitting on our couch since December with nothing to do because we didn't make a bowl game. And, you know, we're already coming up with coaching hot boards. No, 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 no. We don't lose games in our regular season. Our ship is tight, just like the Knowles 24-7 ship. We love you, Florida State fan, and we will see you this entire offseason. Knowles247.com, the place for all of the news. And if you're not a subscriber, you're a dork, and you probably think Jim Phillips is cool. So don't want to do that. Love you. Undefeated regular season conference championship Knowles. Keep chopping. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.